Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPJ number 53, that's Bayez Panimi, joint share, share number 53. We're going to talk about the various choices that successful couples make in order to enhance their marriages. These are concrete and life-giving choices that every couple really needs to make. This applies to whether a relationship is in crisis or just that it's not in crisis and they desire to be their best. The aside being that happy and healthy, long-lasting marriages do not happen automatically. They're a result of focused work, adjustments designed to meet changing circumstances, and we could put these choices into practice in our inner world. We talked about it many times, and this is not a fairy tale, that marriages can indeed be transformed, and bad habits can be broken. And feelings of love can return even if they have been absent for a long time. But none of this will happen without an intentional choice and hard work on the, cho- cho- on, the, on, the, on the part of both husband and wife. These are choices that both spouses can make to begin the process of strengthening or repairing their marriages. This is not about a matter that things are beyond anyone's control. It's things that we choose to do, even though a lot of these choices may be difficult for us. And this is really what we want to emphasize over here um, and really bring out. You may have not had desire, uh, control over the initial desire or interest that attracts us to the other person. When you first met your wife or your husband or and you had these feelings, these love feelings, and these warm feelings, and and it's accurate a lot of times that we do jump into it, we jump into the love, and we sort of, we view it sometimes like an accident. This is a hergish uh, emotions that overcame me, that I really like this person, and ultimately love this person, but what we come to realize is that love is not an accident, it's not um, just muzzle or things like that, it is really a choice. It is a choice, and that choice to make that jump, to go into marriage and be committed, that jump is not easy. But it's like diving. When you dive into it, it's hard the first time. It gets easier a second time. In the non, in the secular world, they have this expression that I love you for better or for worse, and we don't have such a thing, but the aside of it happens to be true. That Hashem tells us that when He puts a husband and wife together, that I, I want you to be together and to work with each other, no matter what the situations are, whether there are ups, whether there are downs, and all through different aspects and different parts of life. And choosing to love your husband Choosing to love your wife is a day-to-day decision that you make. It's like a decision whether you, where you're going for dinner if you're going out. It's a decision whether you're going to wash the dishes, whether you're going to pick up your own socks. It's a decision that you make day in and day out. Sometimes choosing love is simply the choice of when your wife is sleeping, as an example, and the baby cries in the other room in the crib that you get up and calm the baby rather than going back to sleep and let your wife do it. 
And hearing that baby before your wife does and taking care of that baby, that is a choice of your choosing to love your wife at that moment. To drive an extra mile or an extra place to get a certain type of ice cream that your husband or wife loves, that is an act of love. Choosing love is also when you keep quiet rather than say something that you know will cause hurt and pain to your husband or to your wife. All of those decisions that we just described are decisions that are really saying that I'm choosing to love you. That is a concept that is very, very important. There's something called choice theory. It's out there. The big idea of it is that people are unhappy because they are in bad relationships, but very often those bad relationships are based on bad choices. That the concept being that when, per, when people learn to make better choices, their relationships improve and they become happier people. This means that even the most challenging relationships could be improved if couples make different choices. What we're trying to say over here is... You don't have to assume that divorce is a solution Un- until you explain, you know, fully and you explore fully. You explain to yourself and you explore fully to commit to healthy, different choices and cho- choose to make those healthy choices day in and day out, no matter how hard it is, for six months to a year which you have to do anyway regardless in your life. So you might as well do it now. That's what you do first if your marriage seems looks like that it's in trouble. You start working and making a decision, the both of you, to make these healthier choices. And we're going to talk a lot about that. There's a study, article written called Status Quo Bias in Decision Making. They found that people preferred to maintain status quo and stayed with their original decision, even if a new alternative appeared better. Even, let's say, with financial investing, people choose to stick with what they know and what, what's, what's comfortable rather than jumping into a clearly better option. So the idea is like that, that we sometimes look at our marriages and say it's status quo, it can change. If it's bad, it's bad. And if it's mediocre, it's mediocre. And we need to really shift that. And we have to start realizing how valuable and powerful our choices are on a day-to-day basis. Our choices are affected by our values, by the way we think and feel. It's a consequence of previous choices, but you could always choose new. I'll give you an example here of various three ways of making choices between a married couple that could be done in a healthy way when they come across a conflict with one another. There is compromise. There's choosing to trade off getting what they want, which I'm going to explain, or to allow the person most affected to have his or her way, which we're also going to explain. But let's discuss compromise first. A healthy compromise what is a healthy compromise when a couple has a conflict? So I'm just giving an example that I saw written in a book that the wife's mother 
passed away and the wife's mother, uh, father is in not so good health. Family is important to her. And she wanted her father to come and live with them. And the husband actually valued family too. Was not against the idea. He loved his father-in-law. But he wasn't sure if it would be possible to balance the caring for her father and taking care of their own three kids that they had when they also both worked full-time. And he felt that a care facility would be a better option for her father but she was against putting him into those facilities. And um, her father was aware that he could not take care of himself as he had in the past, but he still wanted to be as independent as possible. And they were struggling with this issue for many weeks. Then he said, you know, maybe we could do both. So he said like this, we agree that your father needs someone to help take care of him. And and the wife says, I know, but I believe it's our job, not some worker in a nursing home. And the husband says, I get it, and I, I understand that, but let's think outside the box. Maybe if we could find a care facility that he could live with in during the week when we're at work and allow him to live here in the house on the weekends. She never thought about that. And she thought it's not possible to have that part-time care, uh, to live here in one place and, and, and not the full-time they made phone calls, they did research, and at that point in time, I don't know how it is now, some facilities did offer full-day programs, but the truth is they couldn't find people living there only during the week, but they worked it out as follows at the end. I guess he was in a certain level of health where he had some capabilities, they, that the father attended a program during the day, they hired an in-home caregiver for the evenings and caring for him themselves, during the night and on weekends. They would trade off at night sometimes, as they had done when their children were younger. So here's an example of a compromise, where both of parties get some of what they want, but not all of what they want. That's one way of trying to resolve a conflict that is taking place. Another one is a trade-off type of idea. Which means, for example, if a husband and wife, let's pick, I, I read this as a secular example. The husband has a couple of weeks he could take off in June or July, and, um, and the wife also has summers off. They have fi- difficulty figuring out where to go, and they would compromise. Um, and they would end up in a place where, a vacation where they both could live with it, but they don't really love it. So here, compromise doesn't work that well because each one wants, for example, she, the wife, wants to go to a beach in California. The husband doesn't like sitting around on beaches. He wants to go mountains, mountains, mountain climbing and mountains, right? So they both wanted different things. So in the past, they used the compromise concept. They'll go to somewhere like Las Vegas, which neither of them really wanted so much. Here, they decided to do something called a trade-off, not compromise, to go to a third place where they're both not thrilled instead of going to the two that they each respectively wanted. She said, I have an idea. Let's say we go to the beach this year, like I want, and you share that with me. And then next year we go to the mountains and I share that with you. So this year you get to do what you want. Next year I get to do what I want. And we don't have to settle for that third option, which neither of us really wants. Yeah, simple. 
Again, it takes some self-control because one of them has to wait another year. That's true. But if they really want to work it through together, here they decided they did not want to settle for a compromise. They found that exactly what they wanted. Each one would get exactly what they wanted, at least for some of the time. So this trade-off allows each to sacrifice at one point and then get what they want at another point. You have this sometimes, for example, uh, you know, in practical in our terms of Shabbos Hanukkah, you're invited by this relative and that relative. Every year you're invited by two different relatives, his, her relatives. He wants to go to one and she really doesn't want to and she wants to go to another and he doesn't really want to. Here's we could use that trade-off option but you have to stick to it, and you're really committed to it. This year we will go to where you want, and next year we will go to I want, and they decide to do that. So that's another option. Another option is, situation comes up, when you allow a person that's the most affected to decide. So as an example, you have a wife, they're both working, and a wife has a career. She has an opportunity for a promotion. They live in Colorado. All of his family is in Colorado. The job offer is in Texas. And the wife has that promotion that she could go to Texas. Here there's no room for compromise. Either they stay in Colorado and she gives up that promotion or she moves to Texas with the family and there is a promotion. So there's no way to trade off either. It's a one-time decision. You can't say we'll go to Texas sometime, Colorado sometime to live. It's one or the other. And they gave the wife two weeks to decide. So they realized they had to make a decision and one of them will be hurt or disappointed ultimately. They both talked and they had a deep conversation and the husband determined that the reason he wants to stay in Colorado, the primary reason is, is because he's close to all this family. But he realized that what he could do is by frequently flying from Texas to Colorado, which he could do, and Skype calls, he will have that connection with his family, while the wife will never get that career opportunity like this one ever again. It was a really once-in-a-lifetime thing. Again, I'm talking in the terms of how they view careers, but we could extrapolate it to our circumstances. So they decided together they're going to move, because they both felt that the wife's progress in her career outweighed the need to live in the same town as the husband's family. The husband felt that way too, ultimately. So here, the one that was most affected to make the call, which means the wife that that would lose the promotion on a permanent basis, while the husband, even though he would not have the day-to-day contact with his family, could still have frequent contact with his family. So the more affected one is the wife in this case. They both decided to do that. So here are three different um, methods of healthy compromise or working through various disagreements. Now, with so many good options for making decisions, still couples often end in conflict. According to a recent study, conflict is a way of life for many couples. For example, studies found that an average couple spends 40 minutes a day disagreeing and arguing over things such as household chores and money. That's not surprising. It's shocking, though, that couples report an average of fighting 
2,400 roughly fights a year, which means mathematically about seven of these conflicts every single day. doesn't mean that they're actually having like, you know, screaming matches, but seven conflicts a day. And of course, some, some couples argue sometimes more, unfortunately, but many of us argue much less than that. But still, there is always potential for several conflicts daily or in weekly between you and your husband, you and your wife. And the truth is, is the disagreements themselves or seeing things differently is part of a normal, healthy relationship. This is a normal thing to be realistic about, that cohabiting couples, when they live with each other 24-7, they will put up with each other's daily annoyances. You know, the household stuff, the cleaning, the kids and everything, there will be irritations that they have to work through. It's interesting, when they did a study, the things that they argue about was sometimes where one wasn't listening to the other, Money's a big issue. One of them snoring is a big issue. Overspending, or one's complaining that the other one's too cheap, or laziness, or um, or um, not cleaning enough in the house, or not behaving in the right way in front of the children, or not saying please and thank you, or driving too fast. Physical intimacy differences, arguing on the frequency of it, and such as that, um, and 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 things like that, or not saying enough "I love you," and again, good John Gottman, who who has studied this for a long time, he felt, and the truth is, it makes sense that the conflict itself, that the disagreement itself, is not a it's it is is not a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. He studied couples, 200 couples over over 20 years, and it's not a matter of the conflict. That's not the issue. That's a good thing overall. Because if you're not doing that, then you're burying things under the rug and keeping it inside and starting to feel resentment. So the fact that they verbalize and they talk about their differences is a healthy thing. We never fight is not always a sign of marital health. Sometimes you're just burying things underneath the surface. But the idea is, though, is how you stay loving and how you stay connected in a deep friendship with these differences. Now, conflict is not inherently bad, but some types of conflict could be worse than others. And, you know, disagreements and difference of opinion, misunderstandings are bound to happen in any significant relationship, and certainly in marriage, what's important is how we deal with those conflicts. And we're going to talk more about this, Be'ez Hashem, in the upcoming shiurim of these joint shiurim. But the premise behind the shiurim that we're going to talk about, the next few shiurim, is never to underestimate our kayach of Bechira of free will, of how much we believe we're helpless often because of circumstances and we give over our freedom of choice and like a yish, a certain despair or giving up, thinking that we cannot change the outcome. Some people use the excuse, it's betochen, I'm relying on Hashem, and this is men Hashemayim. But again, you could talk to spiritual advisors and rabbanim and on the right hashkafa of the quote-unquote, it's min ha-shamayim. 
Because sometimes what Hashem wants you to do with your betachen is to do what you have to do and to do what you need to do. For example, in, 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 in let's say work, whether employee or employer, it makes no difference. They have obligations to each towards each other. And they can't say, oh, I'm like an employee can't say, I work for the Rabbinic Shleilam, I don't work for you. And sometimes they say it because of Amun and Betachem, and sometimes they say it because they know deep inside they have a certain responsibility that they're getting paid for that they're not fulfilling in the right way. So they say, I work for the Rabbinic Shleilam to get off the hook. We can't do that. And in our marriages, we can't do that. You can't just say, oh, it's Min HaShemayim that I'm supposed to have this type of marriage and that I can't do anything about it. You speak to Maireh Haro or someone who really knows your your circumstance to determine that you really can't do anything about it. 95 plus percent at a time, you can do a lot about it. We have to face that in ourselves, that we have that choice. We have that choice that we could choose, that Hashem wants us to choose. Betochen is not seyser bechira. He wants us to choose healthy, to make healthy choices. And we're going to talk about how to make those healthy choices as difficult as it sometimes may be. And we are, we'll, we'll be amazed at how by doing this, it doesn't have to be earth-shattering, mysterious nefesh type of choices. It could be day-to-day manageable choices that you just start making consistently that could truly heal and transform your marriages. That from a bad marriage, it could become a very good marriage. From a good marriage, it could become even a greater marriage. Brochen hat's